Hey, welcome to the H&HR podcast. My name is Heather Taves. And I am Heidi Bolt. And we're sisters. We believe here at the H&H Hour that your ordinary is extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Hi, friends. Thank you for tuning in today to the H&H Hour. My name is Heather Taves, and I'm here with my co-host and my sister, Heidi Bolt. And we're very happy that you're here. We are happy you're here. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're glad you're here. Today we've got a very dear friend of ours in studio with us. We're excited to have our dear friend Rochelle Smith in studio with us again. Yes. We have podcasted her before and we had great feedback Mm -hmm. and just people saying that her story had really impacted them in some really personal ways. Yeah. So we wanted to get her back here today. Mm -hmm. So we want to welcome Rochelle. Welcome back. Thanks, guys. I'm glad to be here. You know, it's funny. It was three months after my brother died that I was on the first time, and now we're almost at the three-year mark. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, December 9th will be three years. It goes so fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Thanks for being willing to talk about hard things. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a big topic. It is a very big topic. Yeah. In fact, I was, as I was kind of preparing... Um, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll look up some statistics and give those. Mm. And as I was looking at the statistics, I thought, oh my word, it, yeah. it's, there are so many people who take their own lives. Mm. Um, and there were om- almost too many to give. Mm-hmm. So basically too many people are killing themselves. Yeah. Mm. And really it's all age groups from young to old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was going to do a little bit of a disclaimer, but we're just going to jump right in. Oh, I feel like that's what we do. (laughs) Yeah, we just go for it. Yeah. Well, and I I guess I just want to say, if this is something that you've experienced, know that this this conversation is coming from a place of Rochelle having walked through it, not once, but twice with family members. And so this is a conversation that you can trust. Mm -hmm. This is a conversation that will be able to um, hopefully bring some hope to Mm -hmm. you. And then also on the other side of it, as, as friends, very close friends of hers who have walked with her through this, Mm -hmm. um, for anyone who knows someone that has gone through something like this, this is also a conversation for them. So Rochelle, before we jump into all of that story though, can you just tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, well, just to go back in case someone's listening that didn't ever hear the first podcast, um, when I was 20, my dad killed himself and he did so by hanging. Thankfully, um, at that time I was the only one living with him and I am so grateful to the Lord now when I look back that I did not find him. And by all accounts, I should have been the one to find Mm -hmm. him. And the Lord saved me from that. And I'm so, so thankful. Um, And you didn't even know Jesus at that time, did you? I didn't. I I was born and raised Catholic. So I had a somewhat of a foundation, but I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus at Mm -hmm. that time. Um, But But now... How cool that God was already working on your behalf for you. Oh, right. Even though you would not submitted your life to him yet. Yes. And that's so cool as you get older, when you look back at your life to see all the times that God was really with you in it, but you didn't know. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was 20 when that happened. Um, and my dad's suicide was really circumstantial, I would say, because he did not suffer from depression. Mm -hmm. Um, that started when my mom left him. 
Hmm. and wanted a divorce after 24 years of marriage. So he just spiraled down and it was very quick that he fell into a deep depression and just Hmm. couldn't come out and Hmm. just chose death instead. Wow. Um, So it was truly one of those where people said, we did not see that coming. No, people didn't. It's hard because knowing my dad before my mom left, no, you would never expect that because he was not someone who was a depressed person. Um, but I mean, immediately when my mom left, he fell into that depression and Mm -hmm. he was actually pretty verbal about what he was planning on doing to his friends and family. Really? Yeah. Like what are some things that he would say? Um, he would tell me that he was sleeping with a gun under his pillow. Wow. So as a 20 year old, how did you handle that? Well, I didn't handle it well because I was in the very next room as he was. And at that time I was the only one living with him. And I remember a conversation I had with him. He said, um, I just want you to know I'm sleeping with a gun under my pillow. Wow. And I said, great. I said, thanks a lot, dad. I said, so you want me to wake up in the middle of the night and come in your room and find your brain splattered all over the wall. Thanks. Wow. And this seems crazy, but I truly believe that that conversation changed um, his mind on how he did it. It didn't change his mind on doing it, Just but it changed on it. how he did it. Wow. So did you go and tell anyone that? Um, you know what? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. I knew at that time that he was, he was sharing with his friends, his family, yeah. you know, his desire to die. Mm-hmm. So everyone knew the place where he was at at that Do time. Do you think anybody was trying, was actively helping him find any way to overcome that? Yes. Well, I know that one of his best friends was spending a ton of time with him, checking up on him, encouraging him. Mm-hmm. I was doing my best to encourage him the way I could as a 20-year-old daughter. Yeah. Um, I do have to say this, that you know anyone that's listening that has ever been around a severely depressed, suicidal person, it's very, very difficult. And oftentimes we feel guilt because mm-hmm we don't want to be around that person. Mm. But, um, I mean, but there's grace too. We have to give ourselves grace because people who are in that place of desperation, um, it's so, so difficult to be around that because it almost pulls you down with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who may be in your shoes where someone is telling them someone that they're close to is telling them, like, I'm going to kill myself. I would say that do your best to encourage that person to get professional help. Mm-hmm. Um, and if at all possible, you might have to create some distance mm-hmm. if it's possible, because if someone's not willing to get the help that they need, they will just continue to put that burden on you and it's not yours to carry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's good. So you were 20 when that happened. Yep. And then what? Um, and then life sucked mm-hmm. after that. It was awful. Everything changed. Um, Every relationship in my life changed, just everything. Um, And then when I was 28, I moved to Peoria and I got saved. And then everything changed again Hmm. for the better. I mean, Jesus drastically changed my life immediately in so many ways. So um, from that point on, I I served the Lord. I've grown in my faith. and I, I continue to grow. I, I love God so much. And then three years ago, my brother took his own life in the exact same way that my dad did. And honestly, life really sucked again. Mm-hmm. And then 
a year after Rich died, Joel was diagnosed with diabetes. Joel is your son. Joel is my son, yes. He's eight years old now. And I have to say that I was still dealing with the shock and the grief of my brother doing what he did. And when Joel was diagnosed, I didn't know that I could handle it. Mm -hmm. I felt um, so completely overwhelmed, almost on the verge of a breakdown, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Thankfully, I did not go to a full breakdown, yeah. you know, yeah. um, but I was having a really, really hard time. And over the years I've thought, you know, it's because when we don't allow the Lord to carry our burdens, because what does Jesus say? He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Right. So if I'm not allowing him to walk with me through it and carry it for me, then it's just going to be pain on top of pain on top of pain until I'm crushed. Yeah. And Finally, I was like, okay, I've, I've got to give this to the Lord. And it's daily, a daily process. I have to give him my worries and my anxiety. Yeah. Because your situation is difficult. The things that you've been through are fairly extreme, but a lot of people have extreme difficult situations in their lives. Yes. And so it, this applies to anyone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because also Jesus says that in this world, you have trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah but take heart, I have overcome the world. So, you know, I think of, okay, we could be good at laying burdens down, right? And giving those to the Lord, but then there's going to be something else probably that'll come along and we're just going to pick that up and we'll pick the next one up and the next one. We have to get to a place where we learn to, and, and I don't know that it's even a process of laying it down because some things we are meant to carry, yeah. right? but it's that if we're doing that with Jesus and through him, then it's going to be light. It's not going to feel heavy. Mm. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. So you're on our teaching team at church and you're one of the female preachers. And yeah. I just have to say that your voice and your perspective is so important because it's, you are able to speak on, you're able to speak into so many hard topics that I think a lot of people maybe wouldn't hear it the same from someone that hadn't walked through it. Right. Um, and I just, last time you preached, I was sitting there thinking, you know how uh, God's word says that what the enemy means for evil, God will use for good. Mm -hmm. And that kept going through my mind. Like the Lord is using this really evil plan from the enemy and letting Rochelle be one that gives God glory through it. Yeah. What would you say walking through these really hard things with Rich three years ago, with Joel getting diagnosed with type one diabetes, what has, so on the days you do feel like you're going to lose it, you are going to freak out. You are going to have that breakdown. What, like realistically, what's your coping mechanism? To be honest, I continually talk to the Lord. Mm. I mean, even if it's just in my mind, you know, it may not be necessarily that I have time to remove myself to go back to my room and have 20 minutes by myself. That rarely happens. I'm home with my kids all day, but it's this continual dialogue that I'm having with the Lord. Um, and I do not hold back with God. I give him everything, all my doubts, my fears, um, everything, because I know that he can handle it. And I know that he is the only one that can change me, that can, that can change my circumstances. So we're talking about, it's such a huge topic in society about mental health about depression, about anxiety, suicide. It's such a huge thing. And I feel like we're getting to the point where everyone's been affected by it, Mm -hmm. either very closely or 
not that far removed from it. Yeah. What do you feel like from your perspective as someone who's watched a dad and a brother walk through it? What's the root of it? Um, man, that's a really, really good question. Um, I think, first of all, let's look at the fact that as human beings, like what is our, our natural instinct is survival. Mm-hmm. So naturally God made us in a way to want to live, to want to survive under any kind of circumstances. You can yes. see these crazy stories of, of people in the desert or people caught on a mountaintop that, you know, chew their ar- own arm off or whatever to survive. Right. So our natural instinct is survival. So what is that? What, what is suicide where you would actually want to take your own life? Well, I truly believe it's 100% outside of yourself. Yeah. It's a lie and it's a demonic attack. It's the enemy that wants to take your life, yeah. not yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, a place of desperation that I don't think you can even understand getting to until you're there mm-hmm. and it's the only option. Right. It feels like it's the only option and desperation comes from the devil. Right. Well, mm-hmm. and you know, I've had many, many years to process, um, suicide with my dad and now rich too. And I think also what happens is people receive the lies of the enemy. So they hear this, they hear these words, you should just kill yourself. Mm. So it's the enemy speaking to them. You should. Mm-hmm. But then when you receive it into yourself, it becomes I, mm-hmm. I should kill myself, mm-hmm. but it's the enemy speaking to them. So it's these, mo- if people aren't equipped, um, to take every thought captive and make it obedient to the Lord, then of course, over time, if it's someone who struggles with depression and suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. eventually they'll, they'll take over. Yeah. Because they they don't have the tools to say, no, this is not of God. Mm-hmm. This is not what the Lord would have for my life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God's plans are good. I think like Jeremiah 29, 11, the, the plans that God has for your life are good mm-hmm. right. and hopeful right. and beautiful. Right. Not to destroy you. Right. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, you preached about this a couple months ago when you talked about grief and you talked about choosing, like there's still days that you're sad. Yeah. You know, I cried yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's okay. Right. But the difference between that and sitting and staying in grief. Right. Talk about that. Um, well, I remember one of the things I said in my message that I really felt the Lord speak to me is that grief is not a bad thing Mm -hmm. until it's the only thing. Yeah. So if you are literally consumed with grief from day to day to day, and you notice that two, three years, four years have gone by since you've lost someone you love and you're still consumed with it, there's a problem, Mm. especially if you're a Christian, because our hope is not in the things that have happened to us here. Our hope is in Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? you know, and in our future in heaven, like we have an amazing hope. That's really good. What would you say to the person who would say, and, and I'll, I'm trying to think, I don't, I've never heard you say this and you've been through some of the worst pain of anyone that's really, really close to me. Um, what would you say to the person that says, well, no one understands what I'm going through? Mm. Um, I would say that's a lie as well from the devil. Because the devil wants people to believe they're the only ones because then he can isolate them mm-hmm. and lie to them some more. Mm-hmm. Even if no one around you has been affected by the exact same grief that you've right. been affected. Yeah. Does that change it? Um, 
I don't think so. I don't think so. Because here's the thing, pain is so vast and every circumstance is so different, but we can all relate to what it feels like to feel lonely or to feel sad Mm -hmm. or to feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. You know, we can all relate to that. Yes. Yeah. So for someone that might be listening, I would imagine there is someone who is racing heart, tense right now, short of breath going, oh my gosh, I cannot believe they're airing an episode talking about suicide because I have struggled with this feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, there's someone listening, thinking that. What do they do? Um, First of all, kick shame to the curb. Do not feel any shame for having those thoughts. Um, because they're real, Mm -hmm. even though they're from outside yourself, they're real thoughts and they're real feelings. Um, I have even had those, I've had those thoughts over my life of, um, the thoughts of, it would just be better to not be on this earth. It would be better to die, Mm -hmm. like to, to escape the pain because that's what suicide is. You're trying to escape Mm -hmm. pain. And can I read you guys something? I, I took a screenshot of this. It's Chris Valentin and he put it so, so well. He says, it's important that when we go through the deepest valleys in life, that we do not partner with a spirit of death to find peace instead of clinging to Jesus. The spirit of death is a liar and won't bring true relief to your weary soul. Only God can carry the weight of your burdens and bring you into a place of rest. In his presence, he restores you with his healing love, comfort, and peace. Wow. I thought that was so good because that's what we do instead of allowing, instead of going to Jesus to process our pain, mm-hmm. we partner with the spirit of death. Well, I'd rather just die. Yeah. Even though Jesus is like, um, hello, I'm here. Arms open wide waiting for you. Yeah. I'm your comforter. Yes. Yeah. I'm your counselor. Yeah. I just had that thought when you were telling your story that God's word says, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't say if I walk through it. So he's he's warning us that we're all going to walk through that dark valley of death. Right. But he says, when you walk through it, he doesn't Mm -hmm. say when you're staying there, when you're sitting in it, like I'll be there with you. He says, when you're walking through it. Yes. That's so good. And I just think that's important for someone to realize that you might be walking through a lot of darkness. Jesus is still with you and he's walking you out of it. That's the point. Yeah. And so if you find yourself sitting in it, I think that's probably the first problem is get up and start walking. Start walking. Oh man, absolutely. That is so good, Heidi. Even if you're walking is like waking up and taking a shower and putting on your pants. That yes. Day. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. get out of bed and and pull someone else in mm-hmm. because yeah. that, you said it, the enemy wants isolation Yeah. in this spirit of um, depression and anxiety and that, su- that suicidal spirit. He wants isolation because then those of us that aren't in that, can't speak any truth over it. Right. And you know, when I look at my brother's life, that's exactly what the enemy did to him because what he did is, and it was over a period of time. It wasn't like it just happened overnight with my brother. It was a progression. And over the years he became more isolated and more isolated, not willing to open up to anyone. Um, he became very short with people. He got to a point the last couple of years where he, um, very rarely did he want to be around family even because, that brought up what it brought up a lot of pain for him too, Mm -hmm. because I don't, I don't believe that he ever truly processed, um, the pain and grief that he went through. And so the enemy used that against him. Okay. So if we do know someone that we know struggles with depressive type nature, with 
thoughts of harming themselves. How do, what is your advice for those of us that are maybe in an inner circle with somebody or close friends or family members? Like it feels more natural to sort of avoid the topic that you think it's going to bring. Like, I don't want to mention anything because I don't want to be the one that brings up a thought. Yeah. Or what do you do? Um, I would say for anyone that is struggling with suicidal thoughts um, or the thoughts of death, like death would be better, is just to find a friend, find someone you trust and love very much that you know is going to be a good um, encourager and comforter and and tell them. Mm -hmm. Just tell them how you're feeling. Because I think a lot of times when we actually say something out loud, that's part of, um, you know, diminishing some of its power. Breaking it off. Yeah. I was just thinking about, um, in Proverbs, it talks a lot about the power of our words and the verse that says, our words have the power to bring life or mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking specifically about our children and, you know, teen suicide is at an all-time high right yeah. now. And I was thinking, why is that? And I wonder, you know, obviously there's social media and all the pressure and the um, the striving to live up and the bullying and all of that that plays a, a part in it and, and um, mental illness and, and, and that. But I wonder if maybe part of it is that we've stopped speaking life over our children. Mm, That's good. And when we as parents constantly speak life over them, and I'm not talking about flattery. I'm not talking about saying things just to make them feel good, but actually speaking life, Mm -hmm. speaking God's promises over them, encouraging them. You know, every single day, are we doing that over our children? Are we speaking life over them? And that takes away the power of death. Mm -hmm. Our words either bring life or death. And so with anyone, you know, we're all parents. And so I think that for us, that's like a really um, significant relationship in our lives right now. But for anyone who has someone in their life that maybe is depressed or struggles with thoughts of suicide, are we the ones bringing life to them? Yeah. If we're silent, it's like bringing death. It's it's mm-hmm. it's not saying anything yeah, because our good. words have power. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I think we forget too that our own self talk has power too. Yeah. You know, and I look at um, my brother. He kept a lot of journals, and his wife. Um, she asked for my help going through their storage unit. This was a couple of years ago. And so we were going through it and she found a bunch of his journals and um, she was like, you should read one. It's crazy. She's like, it's just crazy from one page to the next. And so um, I did, I opened one and I read a couple pages and on one page he would um, be giving himself accolades. Like mm-hmm. I am a good husband. I am a good father. I am a great speaker. Wow. I am loved. I am, I mean, just all these wonderful uplifting things, <clears throat> excuse me. And on the next page, it would be even in different writing. Wow. It would be, um, I just need to die. I'm a horrible man. Wow. So it's that it's the age old, um, war. It's mm-hmm. the battle against good and evil. You know, and he he was um, smack dab in the middle of it. And I think the problem was he had no circle of people who were speaking any kind of life over him, you know? And so all his self-talk never had any, like, anyone else combating it. Yeah. So he was, his self-talk became the only thing that he heard eventually. Yeah. 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 And that was probably being by the enemy. Oh, totally by the enemy. Well, and that's, what's crazy is in these journals, you guys, it was, it was literally different writing. Mm. So I have no doubt that there was a demonic spirit behind his suicide. 
So is there anything else you want to add for anyone listening? I think I would add that it's okay to have hard days. It's okay to cry. It's okay to let yourself grieve, but you have to keep moving. You have to keep your eyes on Jesus. You have to keep stepping after him because if you don't, you will end up sitting in the valley of death. And if, if that's where you stay, I mean, good luck. Your life will be misery. And if you are a Christian and you're a follower of Jesus, oh my goodness, get in the word. Mm -hmm. There is so much power in his word, so much power in his promises. Speak those over yourself every single day, Mm -hmm. if that's what it takes to get you moving again. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. makes me think of the man who was at the pool of Bethesda and he had been there for decades. Decades. (laughs) Yeah. And he's sitting on his mat and Jesus comes by and he says, pick up your mat and walk. You know, and he had that choice. Did he pick up his mat and walk and be healed? Or did he sit on his mat, which he was comfortable on, which Mm -hmm. he knew every day what to expect Mm -hmm. and stay in his lame state? Yep. Um, And that really does require that. And I think it requires that as individuals and it requires that uh, of us as a community Mm -hmm. for each other. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. We have to sometimes be the ones who go to that person and put our arms around their shoulders and help them stand up and walk with them. Yes. And, you know, I I think about pastors recently that have committed suicide and they even had platforms um, for people with mental health. You know, Mm -hmm. this was what they gave their life to and yet they still were under this bondage and still under this strain of it. And you just have to wonder, you know, what it would have looked like if maybe someone would have stopped for a moment and said, hey, can I put my arm around your shoulder and help you walk this out? Yeah, that's really good. Well, and I think, you know, there is that aspect of um, the mental health side where will medication help? And I think that there is somewhat of a debate there because we've all seen the commercials Mm -hmm. like, you know, Oh, here, take these antidepressants. But then you hear the, the side effects and it's like may cause an increase in suicidal thoughts. I mean, so there's a debate there, whether or not those are truly helpful or not. Um, from a Christian perspective, um, as I've been through it twice and seen the effect of it and just seen the evil behind it, I, I just 100% believe it's from the devil himself. Mm -hmm. And I think it is so important if someone's facing that to, you've said it a couple of times, but tell somebody and don't live under shame, get help. Yeah. Go talk to your doctor, like have the conversation. And if it falls flat with that doctor, find another one, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's, I would imagine that it's probably very difficult to be in that dark place and take steps forward, mm-hmm. but it, you are the only one that can fight for yourself. Mm-hmm in that capacity right. and in that manner. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, and I think for Christ followers, like we either trust God or we don't, mm-hmm. there's not middle ground. Yeah. That's you really know? good like too. God is so full of grace, but he talks a lot about that. Um, lukewarm, that middle ground is lukewarm Yeah. and we don't get to be there, you know? So we've, I think we've got to be walking through these hard things going, am I trusting God or am I not? Because those mm-hmm. are the two options. Yes, exactly. You know, and be really honest with ourselves. If the answer is I'm not trusting God, have hard conversations with people to say, I am not able to trust God in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, be real with people mm-hmm. yeah. so that you can get the help you need. Because I think a lot of times, like Heather, you mentioned, people don't even know that you're in that dark place because you're not 
being open about it. Mm -hmm. Well, because there is shame associated with it. And the devil wants you to feel shameful because he wants you to keep it private. He doesn't want to be exposed. He doesn't want you to verbalize that and then have your community of people call that spirit out and say, oh, no, 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 no. That's not even you. Right. That's your enemy. Right. Well, and the lie that taking your life will be better for everyone around you too, Mm -hmm. when it's really the opposite. It really has the power to destroy Mm -hmm. so many lives around you. Yeah. Really destroy them. Yeah. I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. I mean, your children, it has affected your children deeply. Yep. Yep. And also, you know, we have to consider that too. What, what's the legacy? Yes. Like who is it going to affect? And so we've had, I've had to walk through some things even with my own kids when it comes to suicide. Because it is a, it's a generational type of, of spirit, I yes. believe, because yeah. shortly after Rich died, I think it maybe was six months after, um, my oldest Brennan actually was saying, I may as well just die. Mm-hmm. He had never spoken those words before. Right. So when something difficult would happen or he would get in trouble, he would mm-hmm. verbally say, mm-hmm. I should just die. You mm-hmm. probably want me to die. Mm-hmm. And I knew right away, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Right. Spirit, you're not coming after my kids. Right. To the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, you're done. I'm yeah. cutting you off in the That's name right. of Jesus. That's right. That's and right. so we did. We walked through some stuff. And I, I mean, and I still am continually battling that spirit so that it will never, ever take hold again. Because even if he didn't understand fully or believe what he was saying, saying those words, eventually saying them over and over and over enough, you'll start to believe them. Absolutely. And then the devil will have one because he'll get you to act on that. Yes, I believe that. Yeah. And like you said earlier, our words have power. Yeah. You know, even if, even if he didn't understand fully, you know, when you're speaking death over yourself in any capacity, you know, what power does that have? Right. Yeah. But I think, I think of how well you have trained them to know how to combat it. So I was just thinking of the story you told us just recently about Brennan um, coming to you and confronting you. Yeah. Um, will you tell that story? Yes. So this was shortly after you guys had asked if I wanted to come on again. Um, I wanted to get on and read a couple blogs and statistics and things like that for suicide. So I had been on the computer and then Brennan needed to do his math lesson. So I just kept my window up and opened a new one for him. And I think the window that I left up, it was, um, if you're struggling with a spirit of suicide. (laughs) And so he was back in his room doing his math and I hear him go, uh, mom, can I talk to you for a minute? And I went back there and he closed the door and he said, so are you wanting to kill yourself? (laughs) And I was like, no, not at all. He was really, really worried. So we had to talk about it. And I was like, just call Heather. She'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I love that he was willing to be bold to confront you on it. Oh, yeah. To not be silent, to not suppress it. Yeah. I feel like you guys have, you are victors in this. Mm -hmm. You are walking in victory against the spirit of suicide. Mm -hmm. And so it gives you authority. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for you. It's for your kids also. They've got that same authority because you guys are overcoming. You're walking in victory. You're victors over that spirit. So I think that's a really big deal for your family. That's something that you now have authority in. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I know there's somebody, Heidi, who's listening, who this is going to really tug at their heart, affect Mm -hmm. their lives, give them the boldness, maybe um, give them the boldness to go talk to a friend Mm -hmm. or to reach out, you know, and we're going to put some resources on the show notes about if a suicide hotline and um, some other 
resources that Rochelle might have. Yep. And if you want to include my number, you can. I would be happy to take phone calls from anyone who would need to talk. Mm. That's very kind. So if you're feeling that right now, if you're feeling desperate and you've had these thoughts, you keep thinking about death, you think death is the answer, Mm -hmm. you're having suicidal thoughts, reach out to Rochelle. Reach out to one of us. Use that suicide hotline Mm -hmm. and um, take a step today to take control, to take power of this Mm -hmm. because you do have power over it. Mm -hmm. I love that when you said you're choosing the, you know, you're choosing the spirit of death Mm -hmm. instead of the spirit of life. The spirit of life is Jesus. That you're agreeing with the spirit of death. You're coming into agreement with it. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to remind people that, that you said it, the spirit of shame is so convincing. And so for people to go, if you are in that moment, one, you're not alone. It's Mm -hmm. way more common than I think people would be aware of for people to struggle with that. But that spirit of shame wants to convince you that this is you and this is not your thoughts. Right. So yeah. don't let the thoughts that are from the enemy be in your mind. Like only the thoughts of God can be in your mind. Yeah. Yes. That's right. That's yeah. good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, friends. Please check out the show notes, take any steps needed, and we will chat with you next time. Bye.